glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, we're going to get started in the message today, and um, uh, I want to uh, uh, I want to give you something uh, today that uh, uh, that will help you uh, as we here at this particular time uh, of transition from this old year. And I know that we got some folks that maybe everything didn't quite work out the way you planned in uh, 2017. Um, maybe there was a promise that you was looking forward to from the Lord, a, um, a, a purpose that hadn't come to fruition as of yet. Uh, but I come to tell you today that no matter where you may be, no matter how you may be struggling, we got to just tie a knot at the end of the rope and hold on. I want to let you know that the Calvary's coming. Just circle the wagons. Hallelujah. I've read the back of the book, and I know we win. Hallelujah. Uh, the only hope that anybody has in this world is in Jesus. There's a lot of people looking to various things for the deliverance and help, but your only deliverance and help is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You should have learned far beyond now, I'm sure not look for Washington, D.C. for your help. Amen. Or any other thing, because it's only going to come through Jesus. I want uh, to call your minds today to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 6 through 8 as our opening text today for our scripture reading. Praise the Lord. And this is what it says. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey, and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains, and in the lowland, in the south, and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I have set the land before you. Go in. And possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them and their descendants after them. Let us pray. Father God, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege and an honor to be in your house on this last day of the year. We thank you, God, that we are able to be here. And that sickness hadn't touched us uh, uh, like many are going through. For the next few minutes, I'm asking God that you will speak to us through your word. I'm asking you to encourage every heart to lift up every soul, that we can look forward in anticipation to the new year, because you are definitely going to guide us and direct us through this time. In Jesus' name, let the church say God bless you. You can be seated. 
I want to speak to you today on a subject titled, Never Stop Until You Possess the Promise. In fact, just look at a neighbor and tell them, never stop. Hallelujah, never stop. God has got a purpose, a promise, and a destiny for every one of us. And a lot of times we become disillusioned, disappointed, because everything hadn't seemed to fall in place like it should. And sometimes uh, during that time, we feel like that on top of everything else, that we are being uh, personally attacked and tried. But let me say this, as uh, one who has in times past, I had not for a long time, but used to work on automobiles for a living, sometimes when you get parts, they don't always go together like they should, and you have to do a little modification. Brother Paul knows what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to do a little modification because you over-modified the first time. Hallelujah. But <clears throat> those times when it seems like <clears throat> everything's not fitting in place, and then you feel attacked personally, God just might be doing some work on you so things will fit together like they're supposed to do. <laughs> There's one thing I can tell you. Always trust God. There's one thing you can count on, and I've learned this. I'm 63 years old, and I've served the Lord a good long part of my life, and I know that my God, He desires the best for you. He wants the best for you. He loves you. He cared for you. And he wants to see you make it. He wants to see you achieve. And he is ready to do what it takes to help you get there. And if you love the Lord and if you trust the Lord, the only way it won't work out is if you give up on God. And I'm here to tell you, don't never give up on God because he won't give up on you. Hallelujah. Never stop until you possess the promise. When God led the Israelites out of Egypt by the leadership of Moses, 430 years of bondage was ended and a new nation was born. It was just a family who went into Egypt of about 70 people. But a nation come out of Egypt 430 years later that some say could even go over among, uh, um, about 2 million people. Um, so when God let them out, things begin to change. It took around 50 days 
to reach the mountain of God or Sinai. Now the scripture that we read called it in that place Horeb, but I want you to know that Horeb and Sinai is the same mountain. That was just called by two different names depending on um, what, um, what area you uh, was in. Hallelujah. Just like if you live in the south, you know what it means when somebody says y'all. And uh, I have been some places back in the years when I traveled and evangelized, they didn't say y'all, they said youans. <laughs> Hallelujah. And always when I took Sister Darlene up north in the Yankatown, they would usually either do one or two things. They'd either laugh when she talked, or they would say, what would you say? <coughs> and I won't tell some of the, of the stories on She's already pointing. We'll move on. We'll move on. But it took about, when they left Egypt, it took about 50 days to get to the mountain of God. And while they was camped around that mountain, many events occurred while they were there. And that being kept at the mountain was much easier than traveling through the wilderness. Understand that. It was a whole lot easier as long as they were camped. I mean, God was providing them food. They was getting water from the rock that uh, Moses um, had, had smote. And so... They was getting everything provided for them. So I'm sure there was a lot of them thought, well, we're out of Egypt. We're right here and we're, we're around the mountain where God himself has come down on. So I'm sure that many of them had just, just as well assumed stay right there where they were at. Why do we want to break camp, head out into the desert for it? Really don't make sense. But the mountain was there so they could receive the law and to receive strength for the journey. It was not the purpose for leaving Egypt. Please understand that. After traveling out of Egypt, putting up with what they did through Pharaoh, getting across the Red Sea, all those things, God encamped them around that mountain, number one, so they could get the strength because they was going to have to have strength to make the journey ahead. And it was while they was there that God gave them the law through Moses when he went up on top of the mountain. Several other things happened during that time. Well, if you'll, under, if you'll notice, and I, I did some research on this, they were around that mountain. It took them 50 days to get there. But they were camped around that mountain almost a year. It was 11 months and 5 days, according to one Bible scholar that I read, that they were camped around. And the people were not making plans to advance. It wasn't on their mind. Finally, God spoke. Hallelujah. Finally, he spoke. It was time. It was past time to leave. Their purpose would only be realized in moving forward. 
As the scripture that I read, there in Deuteronomy, the Lord God spoke at Horeb, saying, You have dealt, dwelt along enough around this mountain. Sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we get comfortable where we're at. And it's like God has to do us sometimes like the mother eagle does her eaglets. She intentionally, when she builds that nest, there's a layer of thorns that is there first. Darlene did a great study on this a long time ago, and I stole some of her notes on this. Then there would be all kind of leaves and soft things to cover up those thorns to make a nice bed. But those eaglets, after a while, they had mama bringing them food, doing everything. They were comfortable. And a lot of times they're not too willing to get out of that nest and do what they were called to do, do what they were born to do. And so mama will start pulling out all the soft stuff, making the thorns bare. You ever felt like you've been stuck in the posterior? God might be telling you it's time to move. Hallelujah. You've been around this mountain too long. Some of you, God has done great things for you. He has saved you, filled you with his spirit. Amen. Even kept some of you from dying in death. But you've gotten comfortable in the nest. You're capped around the mountain of God. Amen. But you're not willing to take the next step where God wants to lead you to. Hallelujah. And so if we don't do it on our own, church, God will take out the pattern in your nest. He will let it get down to where you got a choice. Sleep on the thorns or jump over the side and trust the hand of God. Amen. Their purpose, the purpose of the children of Israel, will not be realized until they begin to move forward. God was reminding them, never stop until you possess the promise. God has got a divine promise for everybody sitting in this auditorium this morning. But the only way you're going to achieve that promise and reach that promise is to go forward. Stand where you're at and the present won't get it. Looking back, <coughs> it won't get it. We've got to move forward. I want to talk a little bit about Caleb's tenacity. Caleb. Anybody ever remember hearing that name before? You know, when they got on further down under uh, and got to the beginning to get into the promised land, they sent out tw uh, 12 spies to spy out the land. Anybody remember that story? They was gone for 40 days. And they came back, those 12 men did, and they asked them, said, well, what is there? They said, oh, man, 
It's truly a land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, they, some of the things that they brought back was unbelievable. The size of the grapes, everything that they had, it is, it is truly the land of promise. Oh, but there's no way we could ever possess it. We look like grasshoppers, they told them, Brother Kyle. We look, there's no way we can defeat those people. There were two men, two out of the 12, that said, we're ready to go. We can do it. Joshua was the one. Caleb was the other. And the other 10 brought back the bad report. And do you know that's why they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness? Because God says, you're going to wander in the wilderness one year for every day you was gone spying out the land. He definitely took them down to the thorns. He definitely took them down to the... But this man by the name of Caleb, one of the two, his tenacity, I wish that everybody could get a hold. And man, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to move on. Anytime you receive a promise, a prophecy, a purpose from God, there will be obstacles placed in your path to hinder you, discourage you, and bring overall disillusionment to your life. It's going to happen. Now remember, years ago, when Brother Mac received the Holy Ghost, he had tried to receive it for years and years, and <coughs> never, never, never received it. He received it one night, during a revival, I was preaching for Brother Hale. And uh, I remember, as well as yesterday, that night he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He later, he later said, I believe Brother Sammy received it again the second time. Well, some of it definitely came up on me. But after service that night, I told him, I says, if you think the devil ever fought you before, he's really going to fight you now. you got to prepare yourself. He came back and reminded me of that several years ago, several years after that. He said, I remember what you told me that Sunday night, Brother, Brother Sammy. He said, and I know what you're talking about. I definitely know what you're talking about. When you receive a promise from God, the devil is going to come against you. He's going to fight you for all you are worth to keep you from going to the fullness of God wants you in your life. You have got to have some grit. Hallelujah. Some men don't follow Christ because they think only sisters do. I'm going to tell you something. It takes a real man or a real woman to stand up and be a child of God. Hallelujah. A sissy ain't going to make it. Now, I don't know that word sissy might not be politically correct and all this, you know. But I can't help it. I'm not politically correct anyway. You know me. Hallelujah. Lord God. I mean, I'm just not politically correct. I'm not built that way. Hallelujah. You have got to have some grit and some, some tenacity to be able to stand. Anytime you receive a promise from God, there's a purpose of God in your life. 
There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be discouragement. But unless you give up or give in to your tormentor's tactics, they can't defeat the promise of God in your life. Hallelujah! You can't be defeated! If you remember the book of Nehemiah, when God had placed in the heart of Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, almost immediately opposition and hindrance came his way. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Let's see what that says. Now it happened when Sanballat and Tobiah, the Arabs, the Amorites, I could say something uh, political every now, but I'm going to go on because I have much time. The Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites, let me do, let me will say this. You're going to have to watch all them ites in your life. <laughs> hallelujah. You better look out for them ites. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed that they became angry. Hallelujah. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and to create confusion. I don't understand it. But why in the world does the devil and all these, some, some people will follow him, just plain get angry when you try to do something for God? They get mad. They get angry. Uh, I remember I was talking to Sister Darlene a couple of days ago. I said, it, it, it hit me one time <coughs> several years ago when all, all three of our kids were real young. Uh, the company I worked for, they was going to put on a big Christmas office party. And they were, going to, were shutting down at noon. And everybody stay on the clock. Don't clock out. Just come on in the office and we're going to, we're going to party and, uh, and everything else. And I'd done been in and out of the office of that company several times. And I already seen what was fixing to go down. I mean, they was they all they already had the booze on ice, and then they they already invited Jack and, and everybody else there. They was they was sitting around. So when everybody else quit work and filed into the office, I just went to the clock and I clocked out. I went on home because I didn't want no part of what was going to be going on there. And when I came back after Christmas, a fellow met me with uh, with an envelope, and there was a check in it with severance pay, and it'd say, uh, uh, Preacher, so we feel like you'd be happier somewhere else. You wouldn't, you're just not happy here. Well, see, when you try to take a stand for the Lord and what's right, it's going to automatically make the devil and his crew mad. That's one reason now why some people say, well, Brother Sammy, how can you be so strong on this and, and on that? 
because I done been through all that stuff a long time ago, and I know the price that you have to pay sometimes when you take a stand for God. But I also know if you pay that price and the devil pulls a rug out from under you, God's going to come along and give you something far better. Amen. Hallelujah! He has never let me down, and he will never let me down, and he will never let you down. God blessed me with a job making twice as much as what I was making. Hallelujah. So, they conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. The Bible states that God is not the author of confusion. Amen. There's been a lot of churches that's been down and split because of confusion arise. But God's not the author of confusion. Anytime there's confusion, you can guarantee God is not in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Satan loves to confuse things in your life. He likes to bring confusion in your home and family. He likes to bring confusion in your church. Now mind those with him built the wall because the people had a mind to work, the Bible said. And Caleb claimed, claimed his mountain and took it. Not even the age stopped him. You see, after those 12, and I'm winding down, after those 12 men came back and Caleb said, come on, let's take this. Because there was a particular spot of land that included a big mountain. Moses promised him that you can have this when we go in to possess. That will be your inheritance. <coughs> you can have that. But because of everybody else, they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Sometimes... It's not your fault, but somebody else close to you that causes you grief and trouble. Matter of fact, the Bible said a man's foes will be of his own household. Hallelujah. There's a lot to be thought about in that. They wandered for 40 years. Caleb was ready to go when he was 40 years old. Now, he's wandered 40 years after that. He's 80 years old. They finally go in the promised land. Let's see what happens. This is going to be the last scriptures that I read. Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 12. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, <coughs> the son of, of Jephunneh, and uh, the Kenites, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him that was in my heart. <coughs> Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God, 
Sometimes you're going to be the only one to stand up. Are you willing to stand up when everybody else is not? Think about it. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. That was Caleb's promise right there. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Think about that now. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the, you know, the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. Woo! All those years had passed. Here's a man, 85-year-old. He goes to Joshua. Moses is done dead. Joshua's the one running the program now. He said, you were there, Joshua. You heard what Moses said 40 years ago when he promised me this mountain. He promised me this for inheritance for me and my kids. And he said, here I am today. I might, I might be 85-year-old, but I'm ready to go for war. I'm ready to claim my mountain. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you today, church, don't stop. Never stop till you get the promise that God has given you. Because if you keep going, if you keep trusting, if you keep believing, God will bring it to fruition and all will be well. Can somebody say amen? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. <clears throat> God has brought us a long way through 2017. If it hadn't been for the grace and the mercy of God, I know. There are some even standing among us today. You probably wouldn't be here. But His grace and His mercy. If you want to talk to the Lord, come to the altar. Tell the Lord you're ready to move forward, to claim that mountain, to claim that promise He's promised you. Just ask him for strength. Just tell him you're going to hold on. You're going to trust him. And you're never going to give up until you receive.